You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, May 7th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. Voice cracked a little bit there. <laughs> you might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball, FYI, Friars on Base, or Off the Bench Baseball, or my more pop culture entertainment slant of things at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Film Cred, Inverse, Play Discussing, and many more, and hopefully many more to come for both of my interests. Of this year, Locked on Padres podcast, though, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them, and sometimes even answer them here on the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this Saturday. So tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, 4.05 p.m. Eastern Time, where I'll be doing a watch-long along with Ben Kaspik of Locked On Giants talking, uh, doing a live watch-along for the beginning of the game, and then we'll switch over and do a post-game recap as well. That's going to be a lot of fun. Be sure to do that, guys. Always a lot of fun on Locker Room. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports, ladies and gentlemen. And for today's episode, I said that I might be answering one of the questions that was sent my way in the Apple Podcast Reviews. Continue to do that, guys. I'm seeing that there's more and more reviews coming, so hopefully those uh, like uh, notes will pop up and I'll see them. Uh, send me some five-star reviews in the Apple Podcast app, and I'm going to answer those questions guaranteed. I'm going to push that back. Actually, I was going to answer one of the really good questions today, but instead I'm pushing that back because uh, I'm talking with Ben Kaspik today due to crossover, Lockdown Giants, Lockdown Padres crossover, and we ended up talking a lot more than I thought we would, so that's going to be the whole thing today. Uh, Yeah, guys, I don't know what else to say. Let's get to it. It's a nice chunky boy one. Here we go. All right, everybody, as promised and as prophesized, I'm being joined by yet again, Yet again, someone who I, I talk with a lot more as time goes on, I feel like, of the Lockdown Network. It is the host of Lockdown Giants, as in San Francisco Giants, Mr. Ben Kaspik. Uh, how are you doing on this fine Friday afternoon? I'm doing well. The Giants were off yesterday, so I was able to you know, recover a little bit after their devastating series in Colorado, <laughs> where they blew a 6-2 to two lead with two outs in the last inning and then ended up losing, so it was gut-wrenching uh so doing better but you know excited for for another series with the Padres how are you doing today I'm doing pretty good wait they blew a in the last inning with two outs yeah it was the seventh I would say the ninth but it was one of those double header deals mm. oh and that's right that's right it was six to two Giants two outs runner on first and they lost Coors Field man that's kind yeah. of not that unusual but it was Heartbreaking nonetheless. They had two outs, two strikes, Charlie Blackman at the plate. They were clinging to a one-run lead. Runners on the corners and 3-2 hanging slider, and he just hit it out for a walk-off home run. It was pretty brutal. That wasn't the last uh, game they played there. That was the second game, but then they lost the third game. So they they lost that series to the Rockies, which mm -hmm. was – it's tough to play there. Yeah, it is tough to play there, and – 
Honestly, I'm super looking forward to the Padres play the Rockies after this Giants series. I want to experience the course field magic. Hopefully, we'll get the team uh, offense start to kick up and whatnot. But before we talk about the Padres, I wanted to ask you about some Giants stuff. Because the Giants, first of all, just a team that everyone likes to roast lately. And what I mean by roast is everyone's like, you know, when they do the pretender or contender uh, type of thing. And then everyone, almost universally, everyone says the Giants for pretender that they're performing um, above expectations is that they're going to regress dramatically or whatever. So what's kind of the thinking about the Giants heading into this Padres series? And also, what's what's kind of going on with Mike Yastrzemski? Because that guy was supposed to be arguably one of the two best players on the team. And he hasn't gotten it going really all season. And also he's hurt right now. So kind of a, what's, what's the feel, Ben? What's going on? Well, as you know, I, I think I was higher on the Giants than most coming into the season. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm not that surprised by the start that they've gotten off to. I think they've done better even than I expected, but not by that much. You know, at the end of the day, being 18 and 13, it's not some kind of ridiculous record. They're not like, 21 and nine or something. Yeah. So I'm not that surprised. What is surprising is that their starting pitching has been as good as it's been. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's not what I pegged as being like the best element of their team, but it has been. And something I thought would be the best element of their team would be the, uh, the offense because they hit so well last year. But like you mentioned, guys like Mike Yastrzemski, who are supposed to be the top contributors offensively, He never really got it going and then he got hurt. So, you know, the Giants going into Coors Field, it actually helped quite a bit. Surprise, surprise. They erupted with the bats. They actually scored 10 runs in the first inning of the first game of that series. It was absolutely nuts. And then they were against Marquez too, right? Yeah, they got him out of there with (laughs) two outs in the first. Killed him. Poor guy. They've actually done that to him before. They they just kind of have his number for whatever reason. And then they were looking like they were cruising to to a win in the second game, but that's the one they they blew in the the last inning, and then they lost the third game. So anyway, it's been starting pitching. The bullpen, it's not just that yeah. one game. They have not. They the bullpen has been the weak spot. And you know, prior to this conversation, I was looking through some Padres stuff, and I came across. I'm looking at the bullpen for the Padres, and the Padres bullpen has been really good, mm-hmm. and who's kind of leading the charge at the front at the back end it's mark melanson and drew pomeranz two guys who were with the giants not long ago Uh, melanson was someone everybody really didn't like here and pomeranz struggled as a starting pitcher here and then they got dubone in a trade for him but anyway it kind of hurts a little bit to see former Mm. giants dominating in the bullpen when the Giants' bullpen has definitely been the weak spot of this team so far, which hurts for a team that's over 500 and trying to compete for a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, it happens. And what I will say, which is a little bit of a plug for the Padres, but last year the Padres' bullpen was also starting off rough. I don't know exactly if it's the Giants are falling below expectations or they're just performing poorly. I don't don't know what exactly the issue is, but last year the Padres' bullpen was – was pretty atrocious in the early going. Kirby Yates nearly blows two games, um, and he was coming off of being probably one of the three best relievers in baseball. And then you have Emilio Pagan getting lit up for a home run per nine of about 3.5, I think was what his number was at earlier in the year. I'm exaggerating. I don't know what it was. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was that. Um, 
and just uh, across the board, even guys like Matt Strom against your Giants. I remember the the walk off early last year uh, from Yastrzemski. Uh, came against the Padres bullpen. So if there is a, a silver lining, it's that bullpens can be fluky, um, especially in smaller sample sizes. So you got to hang on to that. But you're right, Bad Balanson has been just a delight. He always looks like he really has to go to the bathroom when he's on the mound. Um, I enjoy every second of it. I love – he's kind of this year's Zach Davies in the sense that – Zach Davies was a little bit more out of nowhere, but because Melanson's been very consistently great for a long time now, but just in the sense they throw those same annoying little pitches that just have great control. Now Davies is getting absolutely torched in Chicago right now. And I remember you, I remember you made a point about, Oh, I don't know, man. The, yeah. Darvish is better, but like, let's not act like Davies and you know, Davies has turned out to be a, a disaster just to, but it happens. You know what I mean? And Davies, my fear with him was that I felt like he might've been a little bit too one trick pony in that people were going to eventually catch on to what he was doing, throwing that same sinker, like low and outside every single pitch. Uh, and it's a great pitch. It works. But um, anyway, I'm, I'm getting off track right now. So maybe there's, there's reason to believe that they could uh, get better with the bullpen. Um, in terms of this series though, you know, the Padres are sneaking behind. We're going to be playing at Oracle and how, like, how excited are you, I guess, for this series, because we just played each other like a week ago. Yeah, this is kind of a big one because the Padres and Giants have played six times and they're three and three against each Mm -hmm. other, which, you know, in all of those games came on the road for the Giants. Mm -hmm. And I've been saying on Twitter and on my podcast that I consider that a win. Like you don't go into San Diego against that team and just expect to win those, you know, both of those series. Right. So Mm -hmm. splitting, I consider a win, but now it's different right you're coming home to play the Padres and so you know it's a three-game series you can't split somebody's going to win the series Mm -hmm. and it's a home series so I'm going to say for the Giants even though the Padres on paper are the better team it's a series especially given the Giants are leading you know they have the best record in the National League they're in first place Uh, the expectation is to win this series and that's going to be tough though because Every time the Padres roll into town, you're going to face some starting pitching, and that's no different in the series. You got Snell, and then Musgrove, and then I think Lamette is coming back on Sunday. Theoretically, if I'm not yes. mistaken. <laughs> Theoretically, Theoretically, yes. yes. But <laughs> yeah. even if it's not Lamette, it's going to be some other stud like Ryan Weathers or whatever. I, I don't know exactly what the situation is right now. Yeah, but it's a home series. The Giants have dominated at home so far this season. They're ten and three. I do believe that's the best record in the in the major leagues. Scrolling through, looking right now, yeah, it's the best home record in the majors. They've just pitched extreme, extremely well at home this year, which is not a huge surprise given the ballpark. But uh, And Johnny Cueto, who's been hurt for a few weeks, he's coming back on Sunday, on Mother's Day. So I'm excited, and it's kind of like a big measuring stick type of series to me because mm-hmm. – you know, we've played some games. It's no longer like, you know, 10 games into the season, all kinds of crazy stuff is happening. We've played some games and the Giants have emerged as they're in first place. And so, you know, if you come out and get swept, that's going to tell you something. Yeah. If you go out and win a series against a team like the Padres, that's going to tell you something also, I think. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, maybe it doesn't tell you something, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it would be a big deal. People mm-hmm. would, it would, it would get people excited. So look. 
Look, yeah. it absolutely can happen. I mean, you know, people get up in my bed sheds, uh, which I, I shared with you, where it's like, why are we losing to teams like the Giants and all this stuff? And well, I get it. Like early on in the year, people probably wouldn't have bet that at this time the Giants would be leading the division. But after all, I mean, that is kind of how baseball works. So really anything could happen. And Ben, speaking of bets, have you heard of this website, betonline.ag? I have. I've heard of it a lot. It's fantastic, you know, and, and and here's why it's fantastic, because it's the fastest and it's also the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season, obviously, in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Um, you can get all the latest nudes and odds for aside for baseball for all your sporting needs, including the NBA, the NHL, all of your UFC mixed martial arts action. Bet Online is covering it. They even covered the Oscars a couple of weeks ago. My, the bait of my existence, the Academy Awards, but still they cover it. Uh, so before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Ben. And now with that said, I mean, an incredible transition on my part, if I do say so myself, I must say. So shout out to myself. I deserve all the awards and all the accolades, I guess. Um, but we've been talking about the Giants and how, I, I do mean that though, like it's, this is just fan bases do get ravenous at these times. They get crazy. They're cranky. I mean, May, April, May, they're good months. I'd say May is a better month than April. I feel like April just has a lot of just everyone's just so excited about baseball being back that everyone's ready to have the hyperbole and everything. But uh, yeah, it's p- totally possible that the Giants to sweep the Padres. It's not impossible. Oracle's a hard place to hit and the bats for the Padres have been inconsistent to say the least. And I know that there's been a lot of teams across baseball that haven't had a great offense this year, as it's been much discussed lately. The offense is the lowest it's been in some areas since 1968 and in some cases ever. So that's where we are right now. But uh, do you have any questions for me about the Padres and kind of where we are at this time? Yeah. I mean, I was looking through the, the numbers for the team as a whole and, and the offense did stand out to me. That's something that from afar, I wasn't even aware of. I'm sure a lot of Giants fans are not aware that the Padres hitting has not been that good. In fact, I could make a case looking at, you know, non-traditional numbers, but still really kind of indicative numbers of offense that the Giants have been significantly better than the Padres offensively this season. Despite the Giants, a lot of people would say they've struggled for most of the season offensively. So can you talk a little bit about what's going on at the plate, is everybody in there? We know Tatis had that shoulder issue that happened against the Giants, but he's back. So what's going on offensively? This was a team we expected to be scoring just a ton of runs this year. Yeah, they've been the antithesis of Slam Diego this year. Um, just not. And here's what I like to, to point out, though, um, when people talk about the Padres in a slump. First of all, just baseball offense is down. It's across every league. And it's also for teams that were expected to have great offenses. The only one that's been kind of out of the top tier teams, that has been kind of as expected as maybe the Dodgers, but even the Dodgers have been struggling at certain times. Um, but then you've got the Mets who with my boy, my King Francisco Lindor, as you know, my King uh, next to Tatis, of course, guys, nobody re- said a bad tweet my, my way. Um, 
just I, I love him. He's horrible right now. And the Mets offense is like one of the worst of the league. So and they're expected to be a pretty good team. And they have bats. You know, they have Jeff McNeil, who's literally a batting average guy, yet is not hitting for a good average. That's all he does. And he's not even doing that. Francisco Lador, Pete Alonzo is a little bit up and down. Uh, Dom Smith, guys like that. I don't know why I'm talking about the Mets now. It's a little bit too much, but let's just say there's they're definitely a team I follow because of Lindor this year. So with the Padres, that's the first thing. And the second thing is this is a team that for years, their biggest problem was on base percentage. Basically for the past five years, excluding last year, they were either like 28th, 29th, 30th, 28th or 27th or whatever. I don't have it right in front of me right now, but they were a team that could hit the home runs, man with Hunter Renfro, Fran Mil Reyes. Like those guys could knock balls out of the park. It was really awesome to see, as I've joked before, I think with you, if you just watch highlight clips of Hunter Renfro, you'd be like, this is the best baseball player I've ever seen. He looks like he's hitting something to the boot every time, but he just did not get on base. And Fran Mil Reyes got on base a little bit more, but such a defensive liability that it got really frustrating, so he gets traded to the American League, and now he's killing it in Cleveland, which, to be expected, he is a Reyes after all. But for years, that was kind of the story with this team. You know, it was they would never draw walks. And right now, they at least have that. They at least show that this they still, you know, they're 10th in on-base percentage right now. It Obviously, that's the other thing, by the way. These numbers fluctuate. Literally, if the Padres have an eight-run game tonight, all of a sudden those stats go up like dramatically. They'll be like seventh or eighth now. So that should be also kept in mind that when you're looking at giant team statistics, that things can change very, very quickly this early on in the season. But that's what I would say. They're taking walks. Uh, Trey Grisham is on fire. He looks awesome. Uh, I thought he was going to be, my bold prediction was he would finish top 10 at MVP voting of the NL. And right now I don't look totally ridiculous yet. I'm sure that it'll happen a little bit later, but he's showing a better, a better ability to hit against just all types of pitching. Cause he usually, I mean, his home run power, he's kind of, he's got that little bit of DD Gregorius in him where all of his home runs seem to go to the same place. Um, but for the most part, I'm going to look it up now, actually, because one of the things he struggled with last year was hitting against lefties. And this year he's batting great against lefties. He's actually batting a lot better basically. So 353 against lefties this year, slugging percentage of 529. That's impressive. And then righties, 304. So he's hitting well against all types of pitching right now, really showing that he has a lot of room to grow. Jake Cronenworth, while not incredible, he is just a batting average, gets you some singles, gets you some doubles, and plays really good defense. So he's been great, obviously. And yeah, Tatis, Machado, they've been, they're slow. They're a little slow right now. Tatis basically had just the ultimate Dodgers stretch but other than that he's been a little worrisome but not too much to where I'm worried about the long term just in terms of right now and Manny Machado I he's gonna get it going guys like he starts off slow he's known for that you know he grinds into double plays a lot that's just what happens when you're a slugger like him so if you're telling me that guys like Grisham and Cronenworth are looking like they're gonna be legit and taking that next step hopefully Will Myers starts to pick it up too I'm not totally concerned about the Padres offense, especially when you take into account that every team in the league is struggling on offense right now, including superstar players in some uh, in some corners. So I've been talking a lot now. I'm going to throw it back to you, but that's really kind of the total encapsulation of the offense. Yeah. Well, first of all, Trent Grisham, man, that guy lives in my nightmares. <laughs> he, you know, as you almost spit out your water, <laughs> he does. I mean, he, there's something about him. You know, he's one of those guys. I think we've talked about this before. He's, He's the guy you love to have on your team, but you really get irritated with him when he's not on your team. I know he's kind of yeah. got under the Dodgers skin a little bit too. Oh yeah. But that that walk off 
my my listeners, my loyal listeners know I've probably mentioned this 50 times since it happened, but the <laughs> the Grisham walk-off home run that was in San Francisco, I, I just don't think I'll ever get over that. But, you know, so to hear he's doing great and he's like on fire is not something I want to hear coming into the series, especially I know you said he's done well against lefties too, but I'm probably more afraid of him when there's righties on the mound and the Giants have three righties going in the series and Di Sclafani, Gosman, and Cueto. But so, I mean, he's going to be a key to get out. And then you always worry as a visiting team, as the other team, you know, Tatisa Machado, even if they're slow at any given moment, they can, they can hit a ball 500 feet the next moment. So um, anyway, transitioning though, what has carried the Padres is the pitching. Yeah. And can you just talk, like I look at, the numbers and and the the personnel you know you're looking at darvish and snell and musgrove and you know potentially lamette and i i think i'm forgetting a couple other guys right now but what can you say about i mean first of all the new guys like you darvish blake snell and then also just the the starting pitching as a whole for the padres so far this year to me it looks like that's what's been the the big bright spot Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, pitching is the name of the game for the Padres right now, which to a degree should have been expected. I know they are slam Diego, but everybody, you know, you got to remember, they made all these trades of the offseason. I don't think anybody forgot, like it was kind of the story of the offseason. And what's so impressive, the way I see it is, all right, yeah, you Darvish, we knew he was going to be great. Anybody who was starting to say that he was going to fall off, like relax, there was really no evidence that that was going to happen. Maybe it'll happen next year or the year after. I don't know. But for now, he looks great. Um, had like a five start streak, didn't give up more than four hits, only gave up one run in each of them. Just awesome. Uh, and he wasn't awesome against um, the the Pirates in the last start, but I guess he was due for a little bit of a regression. So he's been awesome. Blake Snell. And and here's what I'll, what, what I'll get to first, actually. The Padres might have, you can argue that they got the biggest steals of the offseason when it comes to a reliever and a starting pitcher and Joe Musgrove and Mark Melanson. We just talked about Mark Melanson and how entertained I am about watching him, but Joe Musgrove, what I love about him is everybody talked about the uptick in curveball usage, but he uses everything else. Now it's, it's, he's basically veered away, not entirely from his fastball, which isn't just, just not his wipeout pitch, but he uses not just curveballs, but sliders, cutters, especially the cutter. He's his uptick in that is through the roof. So it's not just the curveball thing, which is what a lot of people expected was the reason for his breakout. It's that and everything else. So he's not this type of pitcher that, when you look at some of his metrics, he's not throwing 98 miles per hour and wiping people out. He's not Denelson Lamette from last year, who had like arguably one of the best sliders in the entire league. Uh, like not to, like, to that degree, but he he toys with you a little bit. And those strikeout numbers are still impressive too. So Musgrove has been awesome. And what I love is when you take into account that the Padres lose AJ Mornajon, they don't have Denelson Lamette, who I, I know, I don't know. <laughs> like if you're about to ask what... I'm done trying to figure out what's going on with injuries of the Padres. I, I think that's going to be my new take. So Denelson and Mets not really uh, pitching right now. Then you take into out Blake Snell hasn't really looked super awesome so far. Not bad, but hasn't gone deep into games. And like I said, with Mona Hall Chris Paddock is hurt right now. He hasn't been performing uh, all that well. Anyway, if you take all that into account and then you still look at their numbers for pitching, just to bring them up right now, they're first in ERA, they're first in batting average against, and they're second in whip. And all of those things that I just mentioned, they're still elite. 
uh, type of pitching. So I think the pitching is totally legit from the Padres. Maybe you can expect some aggression from certain bullpen guys. Some people might bring up, uh, I don't know, like Austin Adams or my boy Tim Hill, who's becoming a fan favorite. But in general, I just think that they only have one way to go, and that's up. And especially if you take into account that Chris Paddock hopefully will get better and Ryan Weathers has been such a revelation. And then Blake Snell, I mean, come on, that guy's young, won a Cy Young before. So I have reason to believe that he'll, he'll, you know, bounce back to a degree. To hear you say there's only one way to go and that's up. And then to look at the fact that they have a 2.76 team ERA. The next closest (laughs) team is at 3.09. So it's not even that (laughs) close. Yeah. And I mean, look, the Dodgers are fourth and the Giants are seventh. And this is in all of baseball. So Mm. there's some good pitching right now in this division. It's become a really I mean, we knew it was going to be tough with just the Dodgers and the Padres. But now with the Giants being more competitive than people thought, we'll see if it continues. But it's been a really entertaining NL West. And I know you wanted to talk about baseball as a whole. I guess Mm -hmm. we can do that in a minute. But first. Let's talk about Bilt Bar, Bev. Let's talk about Bilt Bar. Because while the Padres pitching has been one of my favorite things to watch, to enjoy, to consume, some would say, my favorite best-tasting protein bar around, it's Bilt Bar. And you know what? I mean, we've talked about this before. We talk about it in the Lockdown Chat all the time. You know, they taste super good, covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. But I love the variety of flavors. They just had like a Seco de Mayo flavor the other day. They have all these limited time flavors that they drop every now and then. Dare I say, they've got a little bit of a Ben Jerry's vibe going for them where they're just going to release a, a crap ton of flavors. And what I love the most is, like I said, that variety. And they all taste good. You know, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie. They had a fire special the other day. Cherry barcia, salted caramel, uh, mint brownie, a flavor that I don't traditionally like all that much. But I did love their Built Bar uh, flavor for it. So that's really great. Um, and just to give an example... Most of the flavors, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams net carbs. That's right. There are protein bars, so they're healthy for you and great for the keto diet, which I hear is what all the kids are talking about these days. So guys, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, man. Yet again, back-to-back awesome transitions from your boy, if I do say so myself. But now I want to talk about uh, some general baseball stuff. You know me. I love just following regular uh, baseball. I got my MLB.TV subscription. Every now and then I tune in and check out some of the other games that aren't in my area, aside from the Yankees and and Mets games. Um, First of all, though, before we get into just any quick impressions and fun performers we've seen so far this year, what have you felt like a discernible difference watching baseball this year versus, you know, some people call it pandemic ball, which was last year in 2020. Personally, not so much. I think in the beginning it was like jarring seeing people in the stands, but I, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty much already used to it. One thing I'll say is that as like attendance, you know, they're allowing more people into the stands. It's, it's still jarring when there's like a lot of noise. And in fact, I would say that, the place that was the most jarring to play in or to watch them play in was San Diego because the people there are like, you know, they're insane. They're crazy. They're like full of, <laughs> what is the word? I'm, they're like ravenous. Is that the right word? They're yeah, sure. They're, they are hungry. I can just tell they are hungry, hungry for, more, for a good team <laughs> and they've got one and they, 
you know, I have a friend who actually lives across the street from the ballpark and he says like the, the hype around this team is just palpable. And so it is a little jarring to see that. And actually the giants are increasing capacity to 50% starting with this game. And it was like 20%. So you may see a lot of people in San Francisco in this series too. So for me, I'm kind of getting used to it, but, and I, I just enjoyed it. I was just happy to have baseball mm-hmm. last year. I mean, the cutouts, eh, I'm, I'm really glad it's back to normal <laughs> and that I also keep being grateful that we're going to get a lot more baseball this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. It's not like a noticeable difference. We've had some moments. I know there was that catch. Was it the Phillies game yesterday that some guy made uh, while he was holding the ice cream that went viral? That was really fun. And then you have moments like the Astros who have been basically, if there's one big difference we've seen is the fans finally getting to to show how they feel about the Astros. And I've, I've spoken about this before. Talked about this with a lot of people. Everybody go listen to my podcast I did with Hannah Kaiser, where we just kind of talked about like, you know, to put it very almost irreverently, I'm a little over it just as a fan. I'm like, all right, I get it. Like the trash can joke isn't even that funny anymore to me. Um, I don't know. We have some people making jokes. I won't name them by name in our locked on chat, but I'm just like, all right, man, like I get it. Making the trash can, the buzzer jokes, but I'm a little over it. I'm not saying the players should be over it though. And I think there's a huge difference and clearly just the Astros have been stepping their foot at it like left and right, which has been one of my takeaways early on in the year. They're still a solid team. They're 16 and 15 right now. Uh, Unfortunately for everybody who thought that they were only good because of cheating. No, uh, Jordan Alvarez is a stud. Alex Bregman is really, really good. And my not Puerto Rican King. He's still on suspension. He's on paid leave. uh, Dare I say from the Alliance, but Carlos Correa uh, has been pretty solid so far too. And I think he's hungry. Speaking of hungry for having a good season. I think he's going to be there, especially with his, taking offense to the contract that was offered his way. But for the most part, yeah, it's, it's, there hasn't been too much of a difference aside from just like we talked about earlier, the, the lack of offense. And one of my favorite things that I, I love it every year, man, the overreaction theater, the overreaction emporium, dare I call it, which is just, you know, what is it? Week one, everyone's like uh, somewhat uh, Sully from lockdown. I'll be, that's right. I'm going to name him. He's like, Oh, I'm the idiot who picked the A's to win the division. It's like, all right, dude, they start off 0-6. Who gives a crap? Like, I don't care. Like, they were – and they were losing by a lot. I'm like, you're really telling me that you think the A's are going to be, like, six games below 500? So – and then look at them now. They're 19-14, and 14, absolutely cleaning up. And guys like Matt Chapman haven't even gotten it going yet. So, the A's are an awesome team. Uh, they, they got a little bit of that – I talk about with the Giants a lot, where they've got just all Bs. They don't have, like, a big liability player. A's are the extreme of that. They just have no liability players like whatsoever, seemingly. Uh, the only thing that's been bad for them so far has been Rosenthal um, getting hurt. But, you know, looking around the league, I've really enjoyed the Kansas City Royals just because Ryland Styles will lock down Royals. He deserves some happiness from his team. Uh, the Red Sox are 19 and 13 because their offense has been great. You know, you look at disappointing teams. The Mets, probably one of the top people up there. Uh, the Phillies are 17-15 leading that division. Cards are leading their division. And then uh, the Braves uh, disappointing so far. Basically, Acuna seems to be the only thing going their way. So I just talked about a lot of different things. But what what are some teams that you are a little bit surprised by and expect out of all the ones that I might have mentioned that are going to improve or get better or, dare I say, get worse as the season goes on? 
Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. You mentioned overreactions. And remember when the Yankees were five and yeah. 10? Yeah. And now they're 16 and 15. So I wanted to send this <laughs> out and them. I just kind of never got around to it. But, you know, hot take the Yankees are going to be fine. And <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's always funny. Like, I always think this, but apparently the average person doesn't think this way, but you and I do, <laughs> which is that in the middle of the season, if a team loses six games in a row, you're like, oh man, that stinks. But you don't say, okay, they're, you know, over 162, they're terrible. And yeah, the season is over. Mm -hmm. So we just, we overreact to the first handful of games, but then, you know, as that's why you you said May is better. And I kind of agree for that reason, things Mm -hmm. stabilize in May. It's not necessarily the beginning of the month, but by the end of the month, things are a lot more stable than they were in April, Mm -hmm. but some other teams that stand out to me, I mean, just glancing through the Orioles are only one game under 500 and their run differential is only minus six. So they're not as bad as they've been in recent seasons yet. Uh, Detroit, that team just gets me fired up in the, in the total wrong way. I just, (laughs) that team is miserable. Like if you look at that (laughs) roster, I, I just, it makes me angry for some reason because you know, people think like that's the way to rebuild, quote unquote. Giants and the Tigers were kind of in a similar spot in 2017. They both lost 98 games. They tied for the worst record in baseball. Tigers mm-hmm. got the number one overall pick because they had a worse record the previous year. But so they had the same record in 2017. And since that time, the Giants have kind of reversed course and now have a bright future. Both teams have a good farm system, but the Tigers have just absolutely failed to kind of put together any kind of compelling players at the major league Mm -hmm. level that aren't these prospects. And so now you, there's so much pressure on a Casey Mize and a Tarek Skubal and whoever else comes up because there's nothing else good right now. So that's, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the right way to build. And I think that they're in a lot of trouble because those guys are at the major league level. You've got Mize, you've got Skubal, You've got others coming and they're nine and 23 with a minus 68 run differential. (laughs) I don't know why it just makes me angry. People like Mm -hmm. hype them up in a way like people Mm -hmm. would almost prefer that to what the Giants have done, which is try to stay competitive while still trying to build up your farm system. But yeah, Tigers have kind of done the opposite. And which would you rather watch? You know, the Giants are 18 and 13. Tigers are nine and 23. Imagine being a fan of that team. And they lose like a hundred plus games every year for the last like five years. It's miserable. Yeah. The Tigers are easily the worst team in the league right now. And I think it's going to stay that way. Even the Pirates have been more competitive and they haven't even had Key Brian Hayes play for them all that much. So hasn't and been the good for them. The Rockies, yeah, and the Rockies. they have mm-hmm. like Herman Marquez. They have Trevor Story. They have like John Gray. Mm-hmm. They've got some players. Yeah, Jeff the, Bridrich the Tigers resigning. have nobody. Yeah, Jeff Bridrich <laughs> resigning is a, is a win for them. Yeah. But the Tigers, um, who do the Tigers have that is actually good? Yeah, it's the Akil Badu. That guy, maybe people get he excited about. Strikes out like 50% of the time. Yeah, <laughs> people get excited it's about him. not going to last. It's, yeah, and ben, and ben is getting This is his team. He hates them. This is like your Boston Red Sox for me. And... That, that's my thing is I think that we were just talking about overreaction theater for a second. One last point on that is I think you can take notes about individual players maybe a little bit early on, but not the team. And I think that's one of the mistakes people make is you can't say, 
you can say something like, oh, like for me, Eric Hosmer, ground ball percentage is up through the roof. It's back at 60%, which is even higher than it usually is. And that's worries me because famously Eric Hosmer has everything on the ground and he's not barreling anything like, and you, you don't even have to look up stack guys go look, just watch him play. And you're like, Oh my God, is he getting any bear on the ball whatsoever? Um, so that worries me that he's due for a regression. Right. But then in terms of a team, I mean, when the Tatis injury happened, the amount of people who were like seasons over, like, I mean, first of all, can we wait for the thing? And second of all, we could still make the playoffs guys. Like I'm miserable too. And like the team's fun factor, just goes down by about 800%, but it could still be a good team. Look at our pitching. Our pitching's been amazing. So that's one thing. And then in terms of just to, to do my haterade on another American league team, it's, it's the Boston Red Sox who uh, Gabriel star locked Red Sox, only good Boston person. I know only good person. So this is not against her, but uh, 1913, let me read you just the total stats for that team right now. They're first in batting average, third in on base percentage, first in runs, 15th in home runs for some reason and slugging percentage they're first then era they're 15 batting average against 20th whip 21st here's my take i'm not surprised that the boston red sox have a good offense i'm not that surprised that jd martinez is having a nice little bats back season he was like really uh, really bad last year and i didn't think it was gonna continue that way he didn't strike me as a guy that was ready to fall off a cliff just yet and Raphael devers xander bogarts verdugo who's been a nice thing for them but Basically, all of their offense is coming from those guys. Um, maybe you could argue Christian Vasquez, but I'm not expecting those guys to be able to carry the offense that much when they have a lot of guys on that team that I think are more liability. And they don't have any pitching. So, no, I'm not buying the Red Sox finishing first in that division. Everybody relax. Stop. And all the Boston fans, oh, oh my God, it's, it's, it's so sad. It's like, all right, yeah, congratulations. You went a second season without going to a world series and you know, the Patriots. Oh, wow. Yo, this is, this must be terrible. You didn't make the playoffs for once in the last 20 years. So all the Boston fans can get out my mentions and just stop. I I hate them so much. You know, you can't, you just stop. No, you're not forgiven for any of the transgressions you've had over the last decade because your teams are slightly average or whatever. Right. So I'm not buying the Red Sox. I'm buying their offense and certain players being good, but I'm not buying that they're going to be, I mean, look at 1913. We really think that's going to keep up. So in general, I think that team people should just ask yourself. And I don't know if I made this point with you when we were on our locker room, which by the way, we have to talk about in a second, but there's always teams that overperform and underperform every year. And you always get people who are like, we'll make the extreme reaction, say the Red Sox are legit or the, uh, I don't know, the, 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 the Braves are, are legit too for in terms of how they haven't been bright. And there's like 10 teams that are like that, either overperforming or underperforming. And what gets me mad is one of those will end up being true. Say it's the twins, for example. One of those will end up being true, but then all the others won't. And that's why I get so frustrated is because you'll make all these takes and being like, calm down, they'll get better. And then the one thing that ends up being going right for that crazy person, they'd be like, see, I told you. It's like, well, yeah, but there's also been all the other ones turn out to not be true. So that's just a frustrating part for me as being a, a very low level prognosticator. I don't know about you. Uh, and I've been talking a little bit too much. I hope you even understood the point I was trying to make, but uh, what do you think, Ben? I definitely understood the point um, in terms of the Red Sox. Personally, the only reason I have some confidence is because I believe in their president of baseball operations, Heim mm-hmm. Bloom coming over from the Tampa Bay Rays. I think that mm-hmm. any, anybody kind of coming over from the Rays 
they deserve the benefit of the doubt given what that team has been able to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm impressed. I mean, frankly, I'm impressed with how he's, you know, they traded Mookie Betts and two years later, they're, they're playing well still, mm-hmm. even without him. And, and Alex Verdugo, the key piece in that trade has been great. And I don't know, they kind of remind me of the Giants maybe last year or the year before in that they're, they're kind of like the opposite of the Tigers. They're kind of filling out with competent players like they add a Marwin Gonzalez, they add a Kike Hernandez. I think it's those types of players that actually give them uh, more. They lower, they, they raise the floor. So they're not going to be terrible because they have some competent players and they also have some, some really good players like J.D. Martinez. But last point for me is that you mentioned the fans and, and you're not having patience for winning franchises, just having a little bit of a downturn. We, we talked on locker room and we do need to mention, we're going to do another locker room, hopefully this weekend, but the giants fans are the same way. Like the team is in first place and they have the best record in the national league. And every time they lose a game, I get questions and comments and you look at Twitter comments and all that. And people want to fire the manager. They want to fire the general manager. They, you know, everyone in the bullpen needs to be sent on a rocket to the sun. You know, people just get <laughs> worked up and it's like, dude, I get it. But they do. You got to take a step back and realize they're playing well. They have a plus 30 run differential, which is, I think, second best in the National League behind only the Dodgers, the Dodgers. And, you know, their record is the best in the NL. So anyway, that's kind of my closing thoughts uh this is a big series giants are 18 and 13 padres are 18 and 14 so we'll see how these two teams look at the end of the series but either way i'm really looking forward to it it should be a lot of fun and i'll be there on sunday absolutely oh wow oh he's going to a game how awesome is that i can't wait to finally go to a padres game yeah absolutely (laughs) um i can't wait for uh, when I finally get to go to a Padres game at some point. Hopefully they play someone in New York soon. I think they, oh, they play the Mets, actually. I forgot when, though. Maybe, ooh, I just got an idea. But um, yeah, it's just been, it's been a fun season so far, even despite the lack of offense. And remember, guys, it's hard to predict these things. In a year where baseball is down, Byron Buxton finally decides to break out. That's just one example. You know, that guy's like one of the like six best players in baseball right now. Like he's amazing. So that's baseball is beautiful sometimes. But uh, with that note, I also want to just conclude by saying um, you guys need to check out something. First of all, aside from locker room, which we're going to talk about in a second, you guys need to check out the locked on today podcast, which is fantastic. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the locked on today podcast, the iconic just legendary man known as Peter Bukowski. He hosts the show and updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts. And for us, I was thinking uh, probably doing um, a locker room this Saturday. I think Ben and I were thinking, one of these games? We could also do it Sunday, uh, whichever one you prefer. Honestly, just do a live watch long. Those have gotten really well. I've really enjoyed just answering everybody's questions and just hanging out. Uh, for a game that I was already going to watch anyway. So, uh, yeah, be sure to join us on there. Ben, what is your locker room username? At Ben Kaspik, and the last name is K-A-S-P-I-C-K. All right, and mine is Javier Reyes. My name, J-A-V-I-E-R-R-E-Y-E-S. Find us on there. Download the app. It's super easy to get into. Um, join us. Join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ben, this has been a lot of fun as usual. 
Uh, love doing our crossovers and whatnot. And uh, hope the Giants lose every single game. Uh, <laughs> but on that <laughs> note, um, uh, I hope everybody takes care. And baseball's still good sometimes. Still good. Still a good sport, despite how much it seems to hate us every now and then as fans. And that is it, guys, for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed the crossover. Hope you guys, like I said, enjoyed this discussion today. Um, I will be answering uh, some of the questions in the podcast review section uh, this coming week. Probably not on Monday as we'll be recapping three separate games and some of my big takeaways from this Giants series. But Tuesday, Wednesday, definitely going to be talking about some of those questions. And there's already some really good questions that people have sent my way. So really looking forward to that, guys. Got a Rockies series coming up. Going to try and talk to some Rockies experts about that as well. Uh, good times are indeed rolling. And we should continue to let them roll, guys. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Remember to send me those five-star reviews in the Apple Podcast app and send a question in there that you'd like to have me answer on the show. I guarantee you I will get to that. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.